Zach, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Joe? Good, good. Yeah, so um, welcome to the show. Uh, I figured we'll just uh, make it a conversation like we uh, we always have, which is uh, kind of like a uh, Seinfeld episode than anything very open-ended, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, uh, what's new in your world? Oh man, I mean, I just, I just quit my job. I quit my job a couple of days ago. So like, uh, that's been wild. That's been like a interesting uh, journey of that. Like, of just like going through like the whole like process there. Like there was definitely like a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot mm. of just like, I was like, what am I doing right now? Like, is this really the right decision? Like, am I going, is this, am, am I, am I ready for this? Is this like, it, it, did I set up everything that I need to, to like be able to have the most success on this? And, and uh, one of the things I realized about it though, is that like, it's like, there's never like, it, it, it's one of those things that you just have to just start. Like, you, mm-hmm. like you can, you can try to get as much of it done as you can to like be prepared and be ready. But like, there's definitely a point when you have to just go and jump and go and do it. Right. And then take a mm-hmm. leap of faith. Right. Cause I, I feel like no matter, no matter when I took this jump, it was going to feel crazy and feel scary. Right. And uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's really exciting though. I'm like the, the next step the, 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 the this new life I I've, I've been doing it for like the last three or four days now. And like having, <laughs> having like, like, it's great because it's like only having meetings that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. is pretty awesome right like <laughs> just just that one thing is like really really good because it feels very like freeing right because those like the, just like sitting in long meetings where like you don't feel like you like it's just boring or like draining or whatever like that kind of stuff like uh that's like one of the big big things for me where i'm like i can't i can't do this stuff i can't i can't work a job like this it's too much like it's too draining <laughs> what was that like i mean because i know you know we, we we, we've talked i mean i i've known this is coming for a while uh you, you've known this is coming for a while but it, it's like yep. but again as you point out the process was definitely one where you know uh it's uh you got to take the leap of faith as you say like how, when did you know that you had to um make the jump like when the time was it just felt like you had to do it oh i actually that's a good question like this has been it's been something i've been hesitating on for a while like mm-hmm. initially i had the very initial inkling like last summer actually last summer because yeah. like what happened last summer was um there was this i don't know if y'all remember the freaking uh there's a thing called like the great resignation right where yeah, like yeah. uh there, there was before the layoffs right but there was this thing <laughs> back last summer like where like everyone was just quitting their job instead of getting laid off right and so at right. airbnb uh my manager quit and so did all the managers at my level essentially right so it was like all all the ICs just reported to the VP and it was like that for a little bit and I was like I was like I don't know about this man oh, <laughs> I don't wow. know about this structure I don't know if this is gonna work right and okay. I um and I was like uh initially I was like okay this is uh this is not gonna be uh this is not good this is not good at all and I um but like I, I hesitated then because I felt like I didn't have uh, the kind of the pieces of pieces in play. Oh, one second. Oh, there we go. I didn't have like the pieces in play to like be ready for that. Right. And so like there was a couple of things I knew I needed to do. Right. I needed yeah. to I needed to actually found the company. I needed to found the S Corp, which I did. I did that back in like October. Like I was very quiet about it for a long time until like like a week or two ago. But I actually did all the paperwork back in October. And like I was like, OK, I need to do that. I need to like set up uh kind of like more of my products right because i have this like uh, tech creator product that i'm building and i knew i needed to get a little bit further on that so i didn't have to like do like six months of dev work before i like released it and so i started working on that a little bit more 
and like getting things just a little bit closer, a little bit closer, kind of inching things along. And then uh, eventually I was like, okay, like, I think it's time to go. And like, I actually, one of the things that I really liked about that experience, actually those last like six, seven months at Airbnb was like, it was a lot. I mean, it, it really tested my leadership, right? Because mm. there was no manager. There was no one like it was really crazy because there was like because the VP had like 30, 40 reports or whatever. Right. And it's like, wow. OK, like he's not going to he's not going to be able to do any any anything substantial in terms of leadership. That's going to fall back on like the tech leads yeah. to like actually do the leadership and pull things across the finish line. And that was one of the things that I was really happy about was that like um, we actually were able to not miss an OKR. Like we actually hit all of our OKRs Whoa. for 2022, even though like we lost all of management and everything. And like. And that was like because of me, right? And because of like the the, the tech leads, like yeah. we were able to like work together and like really still nail things. And and I mean that, that was what was also kind of made uh, leaving Airbnb intense, right? Is because like they gave me like exceeds on my performance review, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, they're gonna give me a big old raise, a big old uh, big old awesome raise here. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna walk away from that too. Like, okay, okay, like, but like I figured that like the other big thing that I realized though about all of this, right? And it was that like. I needed to create like a story, just like what was the story that I did, right? What was the thing I did at Airbnb that made impact, right? And like, and once I have that story kind of like wrapped up and bundled up, then I can sell that. And like, and I think that was the other reason why I stayed a little bit longer because I felt like if I left, like, and I'd only been there for like a year and a half, I think that like right. as a leader, that kind of looks bad, right? And I was like, I, I need to be there a little bit longer, I need to be there just a little bit longer. And like, especially to have the story. And that's the other thing was like back in, in then in January, I kind of delivered all that impact. It was actually at the, uh, the creator house when I was living with Ken and Tina. Like yeah. there was like there was like there was a week there where I delivered all that impact. And I was like so happy. I was like, yes, this is done. Uh, this story is complete. I am done with this. I am no longer tied here. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, it was interesting to like uh, be able to finish that and uh, mm -hmm. kind of like see that through. Because I, I kind of wanted that as a plan B as well. It's like, okay, if I, um, you know, end up hating, you know, being an entrepreneur or I suck at it or whatever, you know, whatever the that is, like, whatever. I'm like, okay, at least I have a plan B of like, just I can go back and work in big tech. I know that like in a year I can just take my resume and I can go apply again and I can get another yep. job. It will not be that hard. And so um, that's like, uh, I think that was, that was kind of what I've been thinking about. It's been a lot. It's been... The last couple months have been so chaotic. I'm finally, finally starting to calm down. Like it's finally starting to like, like relax a little bit, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I remember back at the creator house in January, I, I, I do recall you were, uh, you were very busy with work for a bit. So I was like, mm -hmm. I'll catch up with you. And yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I guess if you always wanted to be an entrepreneur or go into business for yourself, but what was, yeah. Uh, Definitely. I mean, like when I worked at Facebook, right back in like 2016, 2018, those two years, I actually did very, it was very, <laughs> those two years felt very similar to the last two years where like, what I did was I just worked full time. And I also did full time on the startup, right? And it was like, that was my life. Like, because then what you give up is you give up fun and you give up peace and you give up like yep. the, the things that you end up giving up by like committing so much to those things is like uh not worth it that was the other big thing i realized was i'm like i want to have more time to just have fun and relax and like invest in my health and you know, well-being and stuff like that because that is also super important and like i mean i had a startup back then that totally failed that startup was great mm -hmm. though i learned so much from that though like 
I can tell like my full stack engineering skills are so good because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, I, and th that's like where I'm very grateful for that time that I just failed. And because I know that those failures are going to stack up and they're going to lead to a success. And that oh. like, and, that, and that's why I think this entrepreneur journey is really, really exciting because now I don't like, cause the cool thing now is like, it's not like I like, cause before when I would write code, like when I was working in working these jobs, it always, I always felt reluctant, a little bit reluctant. Cause I'm like, well, I can either go and do this or I can go and have fun with friends. It's like, Oh, I can right. do this or I can go out dancing or, Oh, I can do this. Or, you know, there's like all these, like, like, I'm like, why do I have this trade off that I have to make? Right. I don't feel like I need to make this trade off. And, and now I don't, now I don't. Cause like, I just have more time. Right. And that, 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 that time freedom is like the thing I'm really excited about. And I really, really value. And I'm really, uh, I really think that that is going to be the, the, the guiding light here. Right. So yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're going to, um, trust me, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of tuition, some of which you paid, some of which you'll be paying uh, down the road. Uh, these are lessons you just have to go through. And then like you say, you can, you can think about entrepreneurship all day. Um, you can read about it all day. Um, you know, it's, I always think it's, it's kind of like dating or something or, or getting married where it's kind of like, yeah, you can read books on dating and getting married all day or having a kid, but it's not going to really help you until you actually, uh, you know, do it. And um, yeah, it's very know. applied, very, it's a very, very applied uh -huh. thing, right? It it's is. not like, it's not like history in that way because history is like almost like the opposite, right? Where it's like, it's hard to like apply history. You do, you do like reading about it is like the, as far as it goes, right? For the most mm -hmm. part, right? And like kind of trying to synthesize it. But like, yeah, stuff like this is definitely, you just have to like get your feet wet and freaking just go out there and like try and fail and learn and grow, right? And that like, yeah. you, you can really get really far if you can just do those things. And that, that like, I, I noticed that a lot with with a lot of things. I think that that's also the case with like uh, like coding and data and other yeah. stuff as well, where it's like, where there's a lot of times there's these people who are like, what book should I read to get good at data engineering? Right. And I always recommend uh, your book, but- uh, Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's not enough but, though. It's not enough. But but like, I actually don't like to say that because I yeah. actually want to say like, go build pipelines, go yeah. like write code, go write SQL, right? Because it's like, you can read all you want and that will get you kind of far, but it's not going to give you that intuition, right? That the, in, yeah. the, like, the data intuition that you can develop after like a couple of years of practice and applying stuff mm -hmm. is really powerful. And it's something that like I've wanted to kind of like teach people, but I've, mm. it's, it's, it's very tricky. It's very tricky because especially like as a tech lead, I've been like trying to, I was trying to do that at Airbnb where I'm like, you just need to like learn this data intuition piece of it and you'll be able to like, like catch a lot more problems before they yeah. even happen or like be able to identify design flaws before they like actually manifest as like data sets and stuff like that and i think that but that intuition really only comes after you've made mistakes you've seen problems and you've built pipelines and that like you have mm -hmm. to some of those things you can learn and you can kind of avoid those mistakes but some of them you can't and and i think after a while you yeah. build up that intuition and then the next time around, you're going to do better, right? And the next time around, you're going to get better for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I always kind of described it to, uh, you know, back when I used to be employed, but people on my team would do it's like the idea of it kind of seeing behind walls, like you get to that point where you can just sort of anticipate like what's, you know, several steps ahead, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as, as a data engineer or as a software engineer, or whatever practice you happen to be in. But that does, to your point, only come through experience. Like you can read books and you should do that alongside, you know, your, your practical hands-on stuff. But I would say reading is no substitute for, for doing stuff. It's 
just mm-hmm. how, how it is. So totally agree on that. That's interesting. Are you going to, do you want to coach people? Like, what are you, uh, like what's. Yep. That's what great. Um, so coaching, that's an interesting one. So like, I'm going to be doing a boot camp. I'm going to try this out. Like, and that's why I'm doing a six week boot camp because like, I'm not sure about it. Right. I feel kind yeah. of like kind of half and half about it. I feel like on one side, I think it could be amazing. It could be really good. On the other side, I think it could be something that could drain me. Right. It could be something that could be like a lot. Right. It could be something I think for me so far, like with this bootcamp stuff, like, like at least in my mind, the things that I've found very exciting are like building the curricula, building the projects, setting up like the, the, the lesson plans and stuff like that. That stuff has been really exciting. That's been really, really fun. I think for me, the, the side of it that has been, it hasn't, it hasn't manifested yet though, but like, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about it is that like, I, I think that like I'm because I'm going to have like a, a, as a part of the boot camp, there's going to be one on one time with me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to because like I want to learn from the learners. Right. I want to learn like because, you know, I'm writing a book. Right. I'm trying to, yeah. you know, and I and I'm and one of the things I want to like when I was like writing the outline for my book, like back in December, January, one of the things that like really came across my mind was like. Yeah, but am I going to write a book's outline just based on like, oh, this is Zach's opinion of like what the best things to learn are? Mm. Like, I, it feels very, I don't know, it felt like when I wrote that initial outline and after I looked at it, I was like, this feels kind of arrogant a little bit. This feels like Zach, like you're going to write a book about like just like what you think is best and like because you obviously know what's best about everything, right? And it, like it yeah. felt very like intense to me. And then I kind mm. of like, I actually took a step back from it. I took a step back and I was like, wait a minute. I need to nail at the, at the highest level. I just need to nail the subject areas like the, like what people care the most about learning. Yeah. And I think a big part, and that's why I want to do this boot camp. is that like, I actually think that like at the very minimum, right. Even if I end up hating it, even if like I end up, it drains me for some reason, right. Cause it ends up being like a lot more work than I thought it was going to be like, I will get information, right. I will understand like the pain. Right. And I'll understand like, where data engineers really are, where the knowledge gaps are, right? Because it's like, if I get 30 students, right, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm one of my other goals is try to get 30 students from various like kind of walks of life. Like that, oh, cool. no, no, no one's going to be like beginner, right? Because like the requirement is that you have to have had a, at least two years of experience, essentially. That's like cool. I, two, two years of SQL experience is like the, is the minimum that I'm looking for, like for this bootcamp. Because I already know like, I, there's already like 7,000 people who have applied. So I'm like, I have nice. a lot of, I have a lot of like resumes and stuff to sift through to like kind of pick this, like uh, this like group of people. But like, uh, that'll be the idea is cause like, I don't want, I don't want to like solve the like breaking into data engineering problem. Cause like, I don't, right. like, I'm not interested in that. I'm more interested in like writing a book that's, it's targeted towards practitioners, right? Someone who is already in the field. They already know a lot about data but that they want to grow. They want to get the more sophisticated techniques. They want to like learn how to like, where do you go from senior, right? It's like when you're senior data engineer, like where do you go from there? Like, how do you grow further, right? That's, I know that's definitely going to be in there. Like, how do you become like a data architect, right? I think that like going from senior data engineer to data architect, I think that leap is actually like a lot. And like, uh, and and it's very competitive because most companies don't need very many data architects. I think like, I think at Airbnb, they have like, six or seven like oh, wow. it's like in, in the whole company right how, big, how out so, of how many out of how many engineers uh like 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 1500 2000 something okay. like that like Dang. yeah it's yeah it's it's a very yeah it's it's it, there's not very many data like data architects right is, is and, architect um, at airbnb is architect looked at as like 
sort of the uh the pinnacle of a, of a title that you might want to get or yeah for the most part like so like uh data architect like uh there's there's actually two roles or uh, there's two roles that like two titles that are underneath that they are uh you have um staff data engineer and senior staff data engineer you have like those two roles and then uh also principal there's principal mm -hmm. data engineer but that's like literally like three people um, <laughs> um, and so like those, but like once you hit staff data engineer, then you are also a data architect right. and then that's how you, and then you have the ability to like review Midas models and review code and like really give your stamp of your stamp of approval means a lot. Right. At that point. Cause if you, you, they are like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Right. He's, he, he knows data. He knows, he knows pipelines and all that stuff. And, and yeah, that is like kind of the, like, especially for people in data who like, aren't as interested in like going into management or I can become like an engineering manager or a data science manager or whatever. That is like, uh, that's the other career path. I mean, for me, that was like, that was what I thought I was going to do. Right. I thought mm. my, my, my long, like, especially like when I think back on like where, what I thought I was going to do, like in 2017, right. Say like go back like six, seven years ago. Uh, I thought that like one of my goals was I want to be a principal data engineer by the time I'm 30, right? I want to do this in seven years. I want to climb to the top of the ladder in seven years. And it's funny because like now I'm like really close. I'm like really, really yeah, close. Yeah. And I know that like I'm really just like one promo or one interview away from getting that. And like now I'm like, oh, things are different now, though. Things are different. Like and that, 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 that I don't need that. I actually don't need to do that. Like I can actually go and build a different life for myself. And that's like, and that's one of the things I'm very grateful for um, from uh, like, from like LinkedIn and content creation and all this stuff is that like, it's just shown me like a completely different path, like a completely mm -hmm. different path that is like, as at least as abundant and like, uh, you know, maybe even more so like it, both in terms of money, but especially in terms of time. Um, and I think that that is like one of the things I've, yeah, I've been feeling very grateful for that, especially recently, because as I've like made this jump, I've been like, wow. The, just seeing the response from people and seeing how many people are interested in like, you know, getting uh, uh, coaching and mentoring from me and from the boot camp stuff. And yeah, that's been it's been wild. It's been wild to see that response because like that's it cool. feels like I'm finally harvesting all like the hard work I've been putting in on LinkedIn for the last two years. Because like, you know, LinkedIn doesn't really pay you, right? They don't pay no. you like for <laughs> anything organic, right? Like, yeah. So, no. yeah. <laughs> No, and props to you too. I mean, you built, you built like a, a tremendous brand on LinkedIn. I would also say like you built it um, at a time when it wasn't as easy to get followers. Like there's certainly a lot of people out there who have hundreds of thousands mm. or millions of followers, but back then the algorithm was easier to, uh, mm. I don't know if it existed back oh, then. Oh yeah, I regret just... not doing it in 2020. Like if you started in 2020, dude, like you like the compound interest that you have, if you started in 2020 versus 2021, like everyone that I know that like started in 2020 and they've been consistent, like, you know, like, Ali Miller or Ashwarya or like a couple yeah. other, you know, big names out there. They are all, they're at like half a mil or millions of followers. Steve, mm -hmm. Steve, do you know Steve Nori? Yeah. Yeah. He's also like, he's like a million followers, right? Cause he's been doing it since like the pan, since the beginning of the pandemic. Right. And yeah, yeah for sure. That's like where, uh, and it's been interesting to see how that's kind of like, uh, kind of changed over time. Right. Cause I I've noticed that since, especially since the beginning of the year, it's been kind of like, it's been really slow for me for the, like, I've had my slowest growth on LinkedIn over like the last couple months. Right. Cause mm. I've just been like, uh, there's been, uh, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is like, I'm pivoting a little bit, right. I'm not as much about just like getting top of funnel. I'm more about like getting, pushing people to like middle of funnel, trying to get yeah. people to like, look at mage or Silph AI or like my new boot camp and stuff like that. Trying to like, 
essentially convert people, trying to like shift my focus a little bit to other things while also still like, you know, thinking about these like top of funnel stuff. Cause it's very important to keep growing there as well. Cause like that, uh, that's going to be that there's still, it's still good. Like it's, it's one of those things that's very interesting about LinkedIn is that like, it's, it's worse than it was. And I think that's what makes mm -hmm. some people ungrateful, but they forget that it's actually still really good. Like it's still like the organic reach is still like, I'd say it's the second best. It's still like the second best of all platforms but behind TikTok. TikTok mm. is like TikTok's insane, dude. Like I have a yeah. I, so on TikTok, right? So last week, right? I did 1.5 million views, right, on TikTok last yeah. week, and I had one one thousand followers, one thousand. That's nuts, right? right? And I'm like, what is going on here? TikTok, you are a crazy like because 1.5 million in a week is like that's like what I like. That's like my 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 kind of my goal on LinkedIn is to do mm -hmm. 1.5 million like impressions a week. That's like just to like mm. that because that's like that's showing me that I'm I'm being consistent enough. And it's like yeah. even if I like am not trying really hard, I can usually hit that that hit that goal because it's just like do six or seven posts a week and then you'll hit it. Like you're gonna get that. Like uh, at least because I have enough followers now that like yeah. it's pretty easy. Even if my content isn't that great, I'll still get that impressions. And that's like one of my one of my goals right is to like keep that going keep that habit going right because i know mm -hmm. that it's going to be like it's one of those things where it's like if you stay consistent for two years like you can get into a really good position but if you stay consistent for 10 years like like you are like untouchable right it's like you like because it's just like where you can just keep uh like you keep building on that compound interest and like and i definitely noticed that on linkedin as well right where things kind of ebb and flow where there's like in like something in a lot of times it's not even about you as a creator it's about the platform where like i noticed yeah. this as well well we're like i'm like dang i'm growing really slow but then i go look at like other creators and i'm like wait they're growing they're also growing pretty slow like it's just every like no one's getting followers right now it's like no it's not like it's not like i'm i'm, I'm losing it's just that like linkedin is like like not as like charged up right so yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, it's weird it's Social it's interesting weird. too. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm sure you're in the same boat, but you know, I, I talk to a lot of other content creators and influencers that happen to be in these groups. I'm like a weirdo who's just like, doesn't care. I'm just like, I, I, I get followers uh, almost by accident more than uh, on purpose, but it, it's. Oh yeah. Followers <laughs> by accident are my favorite, dude. Like getting, getting followers from like a shout out or getting followers from mm -hmm. like, uh, I love it. Like, cause now like I've like, I, uh, like, I, I feel like I've infiltrated like India LinkedIn where now like mm. everyone in India, like whenever they post something, they'll be like, they'll tag me for better reach. And yeah. then like, because they know there's like a, there's some percent chance that I'm going to be like great post. Right. And then, and I'll comment great post. And then, then, then it's like, I bless the post. Right. And then it, and then it blows up. Right. And so like, yeah. And that's like, that's, that's the benefit of like engaging with other people's content. Right. Is then you show up on other people's content and mm. then you get this like cycle, right. Where it's like, uh, where and I think that for me, that's actually, it's getting to a point now where I think it's like, that is like probably half, it's probably half of my growth is from that kind of virtuous cycle of like mm. other people mentioning me, other people tagging me, other people thanking me, stuff like that. Because that's really where like, uh, then people are like, wow, like, like the people, this, that guy must be pretty cool. This guy's like publicly thanking <laughs> him. Right. And so like, yeah, definitely that like process is very good that's how you can definitely get to a get to a very high level on linkedin for sure what are some ways to screw it up on linkedin Ooh, that's a good one i love <laughs> that okay okay i think there's a couple things there like one i think and i i i, I 
dude, this is so great. Oh my, I'm so happy. Like, this is, you know, you're like, I've, I've done like 20 podcasts and I think this is the first time I've been asked this question and mm. I actually have a lot of thoughts. Ooh, so, um, <laughs> okay. So I think a couple things there, like one is like, uh, at least for me, I noticed like early in my journey, like, so September, 2021, right. I, uh, I had my, one of my best months ever. I went from 20 K to 50 K in one month on LinkedIn. That was, it was, it was insane. It was like a thousand followers a day, right? It was so crazy. And, um, but one of the things back then that I recognized was that, and this is one of the things that I noticed I, and I've stepped away from this content actually, because I don't like it. And and it, I know that like, it's, it can be addictive to, to post stuff like this because it does get you more followers. But like, I've noticed that like the, the blowback and the other stuff that you get from it. So like, Back then, I was actually posting like a lot more like spicy, controversial takes, mm. right, on things, right, and like that kind of content, like really does stir people up and gets people going, right. And uh, but like the problem is, is like then you get all these haters in your inbox, and you get and you show up on LinkedIn lunatics, and then people are like, "You suck, Zach. You suck. You're a terrible guy." Or like, and I'm like, dude, like I'm sorry, like I just I'm sorry that I had a controversial take, and uh, and so. I, I did that. Uh, I, I, I got like addicted to doing that for like two months. Right. And I was showing up on LinkedIn lunatics like every three. What was, what was the post? What was the post that got okay, you? Okay. Uh, I'll, got I'll give an famous. example. Okay. Yeah. There was one, there was one specific one that I had that like, I, uh, I regret the one I, I, I guess it, it's really burnt into my mind. So like back then I was like, I was getting so many connection requests, so many connection requests. Right. It was insane. And so one of the posts I made was I just took a screenshot of the connection requests and it was like, I had like 18,000 pending connection requests. Right. And I was like, yo. And then in the post I was saying like, okay, first off, like if you want me to like, because there's like a limit, right. You can only have 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. There's like an upper limit. And like, so in the post I essentially was like, yo, like, if you're sending me a connection request, you got to send a message. You got to do something to stand out. Right. You got to like, I'm not, because I'm most likely going to ignore it. Right. But then at the bottom, this is this is what set people off. Right. I was like, or work for a good company. If you work at Google or you work at Facebook, you're automatically in. Right. Or like we have a lot of mutual connections and then you're automatically in. Right. And people really hated that. They were like, how dare you? How dare you, Zach? Right. And like that made me show up on uh, LinkedIn lunatics. And they, they everyone was like, this guy is arrogant. This guy is terrible. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that like that. I just, I just gave people my algorithm. I was just, I wasn't, I feel like I was being transparent. I wasn't being evil, but like, uh, that one really, uh, that one really got to me. Like, I know it made me like second guess some things about like, mm. what is going on here? Like what I, um, like what, what, what is my goal here? Right. I think, I think that's a big one. Right. Uh, that I've noticed is like that, like, oh, there's some other ones though, too. I, I just want to give you another example. Like, yeah. cause there's like, uh another thing that i've been very open about on linkedin right is just like kind of like my autobiography like my story and my yeah. life right or whatever right and like one of the things that like i've i've made a very intentional decision about which was is strange to me it's very strange to me that i actually ended up i'm going this way with it is like so like i've talked a lot about like you know i grew up in the mormon church right i'm bisexual i freaking like then that's the, those things do not jive right mormon church and bisexual do not jive at yeah. all they're like very very rough things and like one of the things that I noticed is like when I when I post content like that, which is mostly supposed to be like from a place of like resilience wins, right? 
like and like and and the, the content would do well the content would do really well right because it's like it's good you know authentic like tasty content right but i realized something about it and i've been intentional about like changing things here is that like i i i have not mentioned that i'm lgbt on linkedin in over 18 months right mm -hmm. i haven't even talked about it and like and i'm not and i'm not i'm probably not going to anymore because like it gives me unwanted attention right because then i'll get all these like really just nasty dms and i'm like i'm like no man i'm like i'm not looking i guess i'm not gonna post about that anymore i'm just right. gonna just i'm just gonna have people pretend that i'm straight like i don't give a fuck like whatever <laughs> like it's like that's like uh like i noticed that i had to um change that just because it's like it's interesting because like sometimes you'll get this input from your audience that you're like okay i guess i'm not gonna talk about that anymore because like that was uncomfortable that was weird that was awkward right and so yeah like, yeah, it's interesting well, how things go there. It, you know? it becomes part of your identity too on on the social yeah. media, not necessarily your own personal one, but now it's like, oh, here's uh, here's Bizac. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, and then it becomes like you know, then then it starts filtering into data engineering content. It just gets a bit odd. Like it, it would be the same yeah. thing if you put your political affiliation on on your yeah, uh, exactly, you know, exactly. I mean, you're like you're like I'm a Democrat and I freaking do right. data. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, okay, exactly. Like, one of these doesn't seem to affect the other, but okay, thank you. Um, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, I, I, again, I, I you know, I, I think everyone should just you know do do your own thing. Obviously, I. I personally I don't really mm -hmm. care it, whatever people do uh you know as long as it's hurt of the you know you know as long as you're not like hurting other people or stuff but you know being you know your your, your orientation has nothing to do with with much of anything in my opinion you yeah. know and it's just but yeah I can totally get where that where some people just uh you know take that uh, uh we're just in such a weird time right now where it seems like people just pick up on like just the tiniest thing and just run like 50 miles with it and like really at the end of the day like what does it matter you know so, oh yeah that's like, I definitely noticed, and this is one that I've actually took it a different stance on, right? Because I uh -huh. think it's actually more important is, uh, um, is, uh, and it's in my headline still on LinkedIn is, um, I have ADHD in my headline on LinkedIn, yeah. right? It's, and it's still there. And like, I have not removed that in like years, right? And like, even though like I do, I mean, I even, even for that, there's definitely times when people are like, why are you advertising your disorder? Right. Why are you like, what, like, like that, that seems gross, Zach. Right. And I think for me, the difference, I think the big, the, I think the difference here between like those two labels, right? So you have like the bisexual label and you have the ADHD label is that ADHD actually impacts your job. Oh. Like it actually has an impact on your job. And I, and ha I, I was diagnosed with it years ago. I, yeah, I have yeah, it, I have exactly. it too. Yeah. Talk yeah. And I want to make people feel less alone, right? Because I know that like, for a lot of people with ADHD, they a lot of times they feel like they're the only one, or they're like, "Wow, why can't I do? Why can't I work like a normal person? Like, why is mm -hmm. why do I have to have all these problems and issues? That like, why is my brain broken or whatever?" And I think that like that is something that like I mean, I lose followers a lot actually. Like when I make posts about that, when I make posts that are like talking about ADHD, very often I lose followers from those from those posts actually, right? But I'm like I'm like whatever people like. The only the strong survive, right? Whatever. Like, I don't yeah. care. Like, if you, if you don't like, if you don't like this content, if, if that's like the deal breaker for you, then yeah, you don't deserve my content. Like, like right or die, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. Like, and so like, uh, and because it's one of those things that like I noticed for me as well is that like uh, it's it's something that like you know per, like permeates my life and like impacts like like every aspect of my life like in so many ways. And so like yeah, and I and I feel like I've. On the other side, I feel like I've actually gotten, I've made like progress on it too, right? And I feel like I've been able to manage it better and figure out like things that make it so it doesn't feel so challenging sure. and, 
And that is the stuff I want to guide people on because that's one of the things that I also, I also, and this is a, you know, this is a true stat. Did you know if you have ADHD, you are 700% more likely to be an entrepreneur, right? 700%, right? (laughs) And so that's, yeah, good for us, right? And it's like, and so that's the other side of this is that like, I feel like with ADHD as well is that like, it's a disorder, but it's also like, kind of like a gift. It's like a gift in its own way. It's like a, it's like a weird, nasty gift, right? It's a gift. You get all, you get these benefits, but you also get all these like drawbacks, right? And like, that's the other thing I've been trying to help like paint a picture for, right? Is like, how do you like kind of paint this in a light where it's like, yeah, people with ADHD are awesome and they can do really great things and, and not just paint it as like, oh yeah, people with ADHD are messed up, man. Right. Like you want to have the whole, the whole, the whole, the whole spectra of like things there, you know? Oh, it's really true. It's interesting too. Like, I mean, um, yeah, you and I both have it. I, I, you know, I, I was diagnosed like well over 20 years ago with ADHD and, uh, you know, was prescribed meds and all that. And I, I, I didn't sit well with me. I just didn't like the fact that I was taking, uh, you know, the equivalent of like pharmaceutical grade amphetamines uh, for my condition. Yeah. So I, I managed to get off it, but it, you know, along the way it, it required a lot of, um, it was, it was hard. It was really hard to, uh, you know, um, you know, remove myself from the medications. And I've just had to had to find other ways to channel that, that, you know, the hyperactivity towards something constructive. I figured out how it worked for me, but you know, I'm stoked when I see other people talking about that and just mental health in general, because it's, you know, when I, when I talk to other people, you know, about your content, um, you know, they're always like, I, what they like about it is that you are open about the mental health issues. So I think this is a serious thing mm. that impacts a lot of people. This might've been the first time I came out talking about my ADHD problem, to be frank, but you know, it's just <laughs> one of these things where I feel like everyone, I think a lot of people do struggle um, with some aspect of mental health, especially in tech, tech's a meat grinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it'll mess you up if you you know there, there's a lot of ways it could it's it seems glamorous on the outside um on the inside there's there's a bit there's a bit to it that you might not like um and you just got to deal with it but people like your context i think you, you're very um open about it and i think people feel like they aren't alone right that's it's uh super mm-hmm. cool so yeah you know. it's been interesting like i i I've, I've i've ebbed and flowed on like that on the kind of idea of like should I be taking amphetamines or not for my ADHD? Is that like right. the, is that, is that the right path forward? Right. And like, I, like I've ebbed and flowed. Like it's been interesting. Like right now yeah. is actually a very interesting time because like I'm kind of forced, forced to take a break because of the fact that um, uh, there's like a massive shortage right now. Like oh, it's like, that's you right, actually can't, you can't even fill, you can't even fill a prescription right now. Like, Ooh, like, what are, pe- what are yeah, people like getting anywhere. instead? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, are, yeah. So I'm, I'm not taking like, yeah. For the, since like, since like October, November, I've, I've had to just, go off of it oh right? wow so it's what been, are there any other like substitutes uh out there available right now or is that uh good? that's i mean like i've been trying that right because there's essentially yeah. like well there's like you have like uh you have like adderall which is like amphetamine and then you have vivance which is like mm-hmm. it's like delayed onset amphetamine and then uh then you have, like, ritalin. Is another one yeah concerta yeah. ritalin concerta like the methylphenidate yeah. right Methylphenidate's yeah. the other one that is uh methylphenidate for me doesn't work like at all like it's like it's mm-hmm. like it's like I would rather have coffee than methylphenidate like I I honestly like I I I don't think it works I know it mm-hmm. works for other people and in generally it works for kids a lot better right uh but like for me it's not like it's like not effective so right. like I I've actually tried both I was like I was like okay maybe a doctor can you switch me from Adderall to Vyvanse because Vyvanse is expensive Vyvanse is like four hundred dollars a month right and oh, I was like my maybe. God. And I was like, maybe, maybe just because it's expensive, it will actually be in stock, right? And that one's also out of stock. And I'm like, okay, I guess, like, I guess it's not meant to be then. I guess, like, wow. I, I just need to, like, and I guess in some ways it's been good though, too, because I've noticed for myself, like, 
when I'm on them, like I, uh, I definitely, uh, I get more like laser focused on things like for too long sometimes where it's like, I will be like sitting in front of my laptop for 10 hours and it's like, wow, I need mm -hmm. to get up to like go to the bathroom or eat or do things like that. And that's like, sometimes that stuff is like, it's, and I still can do that without meds sometimes, but I have to be like really inspired. Right. And it doesn't yeah. happen as often, which is, I mean, if it happens like, you know, a, like once or twice a month, it's whatever. But if it happens every day, that's really bad for you. That's really bad for you if you do it, if it's something you're doing every day. And so like, that's when I've been like, okay, maybe, maybe there's another way out of this that will like be better. And like, yeah, it's been, it's been an, it's been an adjustment for sure over the oh, last yeah. like I can imagine. The last two, three months. I've been like, wow, dude, like, especially with all the other change that's been going on in my life. I've been like, why is this, why is this, change happening too but i'm like <laughs> it's all a okay, conspiracy okay. actually like, <laughs> so yeah the shortage happened because they knew you're gonna become an entrepreneur yeah i, yeah, I, I always i always found like the, you know the way i got out of uh depending on meds for adhd mm -hmm. was really um I, I think simplifying things to a large degree and just focusing on okay so not necessarily focusing just like okay i need to get down i need to get done like maybe one or two things today and that's it mm -hmm. right the, the two big things I need to get done that's it because otherwise you know um you uh you might be focusing and when when you know when you're on the meds i mean you're focused like you say i mean for me i was i felt like i was just a robot uh you know yeah. I, I could i could do stuff for a long time i was kind of a kind of a dick um but mm -hmm. um yeah you know you know you get into the zone but I, I tried to you know replicate that that flow state really that you kind of get in without the mm -hmm. meds and I've, I've i've definitely been able to achieve that i would say um you know very often now but it, it takes it takes work and i would say it takes getting out of your own head too you know um yeah or yeah and like, uh, and I think the other big thing is, is like, it, it, if you can get it like into the, cause one of the things I've noticed about it is that like, it's interesting is that like you, I feel kind of, yeah, like the kind of robotic deep focus stuff, mm -hmm. but like, I also noticed something about it that like, I've noticed like in other times when I've been off the meds when I've also still been able to attain that flow state is that like. Like I've noticed that like, like say I'm like coding, right. And then like, I, like if I'm on, if I'm on Adderall and I'm coding, right. I'm going to really, I'm going to like, and I'm working on a specific bit. I'm going to, and, and I, and I, and I'm getting really frustrated with it. I'm going to still just keep trying to optimize this like, like shit solution. And then like, yeah. if I'm not on meds, a lot of times what will happen is like, I will be able to like sit back and look at it from a little bit higher level and be like, wait yeah. a minute wait a minute, this is wrong. This is like, like, and I can connect dots at like kind of a higher brainwave because I'm not so like in the trenches of my brain. I'm not yep. so in like the dopamine execution trenches of my brain. And I'm like a little bit higher in like, I call it galaxy brain a little bit of like being able to <laughs> see the kind of spatial components of things. And like, uh, when I'm in that space, like, oh man, like the, the thing for me that I, that is one of my goals this year is to, uh, and it's something that I've noticed about myself, right? Is that like, generally speaking, I can create in two ways, right? I have two modes of creativity and productivity. One of them is from a, a, a space of anxiety, which sadly is actually the, the most common one. That's mm. the one that is like probably 70% of the time I code from, I my, my creativity comes from a place of anxiety, right? A place of like, uh, and, 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 and it's one of the things that has been very like, kind of scary for me where I've been like, well, if I calm down, am I just going to be like lazy? Am I going to be like a, a bum? Right. Am I just going to not do anything if I don't have this anxiety all the time? And like and then this the other side is like creating from an area of like expansiveness and an area of like kind of like joy and wonder. Right. I like mm -hmm. I like that kind of that wondrous creativity 
is what I've been trying to like summon more. And like, I mean, I wish it was a hundred percent that bucket. Cause if it was a hundred percent that bucket, then like, I mean, then problem solved, ADHD solved, done. Like I don't have to think about anything else. Right. And then everything is just going to fall into place. But it, like for me, at least that those moments have always felt so like fleeting. It's like, it's kind of like motivation in some ways, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, I might be motivated today. I might not be motivated today, but I need to be productive regardless. And um, my anxiety is more consistent. <laughs> and that's the part that's like really annoying. And I hate that about myself right now is that I'm like, why? Why is it that I have to like come from this place of like, ah, I got to get it done. Got to get it, get it, got to get it done. Got to get it done. Right. And it's like, it's too much. It's too much. Mm -hmm. And like, I noticed this, especially when I worked at Netflix. Like when I worked at Netflix, like I had like, it was almost a hundred percent. Like I didn't have like a, the, like the 70, 30 split that I feel like I have now. It was like a hundred percent zero. And I was like, just creating from this space of anxiety. And like, uh, I mean, I got so much done. I mean, it was insane. Like the productivity, like the actual, like the objective amount of like productivity I got done there was amazing but that was also like one of the things where i was like dude i can't keep working like this i can't i can't i will die i will die this is not gonna work like i cannot do this long term like and so like definitely that is that's a big part of this new journey for me and like this kind of path of being an entrepreneur and like doing these things is like trying to figure that out right because it's mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's very tricky stuff. Brains are weird. Like <laughs> they're weird too. And, and the thing with entrepreneurship is it's, you know, you're going to find it's um, it's got its ups and downs in the most extreme ways that you're, you're mm -hmm. uh, you know, now that you're solo, I think you'll, you'll, you'll discover these very quickly. I, I won't spoil the fun mm -hmm. for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, but it, it's, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And, um, and the thing is, there's always something to do. Cause and, and what, by that, I mean, it's just, it's like the, their to-do list never shrinks. Uh, mm -hmm. in fact, it, it grows because it grows, the better you are at getting stuff knocked out, the more your list is going to grow because you're that good at knocking stuff out. And so this is an interesting paradox. Yeah. Uh, and so what I've always learned is just, you got to pick your battles. Um, a lot of stuff probably never needs to get done to be frank. Uh, it just mm -hmm. never will be, um, automation is your best friend for sure. And, and just like, you know, your time as an entrepreneur and especially running a business needs to be spent, you know, obviously partly working in the business, but more working on the business as the old cliche goes, like working on, on making the business work for you and not the other way around. Cause mm -hmm. you, you, the, the danger with running a business is you, you've um, you built an opportunity for yourself. You may have just actually built your, a, a huge trap for yourself too. If you're not careful, this happens to yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs. Like they, before they know it, they're like, Holy shit. Like what just happened to my life? It's like, it's, yeah. it's, 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 I'm going to go get a job somewhere. And it happens a lot. Like that's happened to me with my company too. It's like, you know, I, I think we reached a point where um, I just needed, uh, needed to clear my head a lot, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's, it, it is what it is. It, but um you know, but it, it, I'm not you know, trying to scare you. I'm just giving you the reality Ooh. of it. But, but yeah, it, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. It's, it's fine, dude. I mean, I think, you know, you got, you got a good thing going, though, in the sense where you got a, you know, you, you got that thing that's the hardest to get, which is a brand, right? And mm -hmm. um, and a name. Like, uh, you can't buy that. No amount of money is going to can afford you that. You have to earn it. So mm -hmm. you have. So that's. Yeah. This makes it a little bit easier, right? And like, I definitely, like, I relate to that, like, idea of like, oh, am I gonna dig my own grave here? And like, that's what, like, <laughs> I think that anxiety around like uh, the boot camp stuff is definitely there, right? Because I'm like, ooh, like, is this gonna be like better, or is this gonna be like, is this gonna be actually more work? Is this gonna be less work, right? And like, I like, I mean, that's where I, I mean, I've been very impressed with like when I've been uh, working with Tina, right? Uh, she's like been amazing at like, like, kind of showing the kind of the paths of like, nah, dude, like 
you can you can have an abundant life you can make money and you yeah. just have to like you just have to like set things up in the right way so that like because i mean that's my goal i mean i'm not like i'm not an entrepreneur who's like trying to be like hey i'm gonna go and found the next square or the next right. you know facebook or the next you know billion dollar company or whatever like i really don't care that much about that like i think that like if I can, you know, get enough money for myself and like to sustain myself and be able to like have a good life. Right. That's like, that's enough for me. Like I, uh, and that will be like, I mean, that, that it was interesting. Cause like I had, a, I, I had, I had that thought when it was like, when I was, when I was founding my company, I was like, it's like, cause you know, you have choices. It's like, do you go LLC? Do you go S corp or do you mm. go C corp? Right. And like, I was, I was between S corp and C corp. And I was like, ah uh, nah c corp's the wrong play i'm not no no i'm going s corp we want s corp because like i know that like i'm i'm not gonna have millions of investors who are gonna be all like giving me money like i might have a couple investors but like not that many you know so right. uh definitely uh that is a big tricky part of this right of like how to go through this entrepreneur journey and like figure things out yeah like so what, what, what things have you been working on recently man like i mean <laughs> so you wrote a book right like what, what's next yeah. for you in this journey writing another book right now actually starting Ooh. a new uh, imprint which i sort of alluded to on uh, linkedin for the first mm -hmm. time today too so just uh you know I, i'm very likely self-publishing this and um nice you know along the way uh you know i think other people are interested in writing books uh you know so we've got um you know a friend who's uh, interested in writing um you know on my imprint too so i you know i i, I i'm taking it one day at a time i i, I suspect that there's um i've actually written uh, quite a bit of what i think this business could be, um, you know, but I want to start with the publishing part and probably grow from there. But there's, there's a lot of aspects to it. I feel like, you know, much the same way you're doing boot camps. I just feel like the way that people are educated and and trained and, and um, you know, progressing their careers, I feel like there's a lot of room for um, growth in this area, right? Like traditional publishing, I think is broken, uh, especially mm -hmm. for the, the authors and the creators. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't think it, it the publishing world, for example, it favors the publisher, not surprisingly. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, the author has to do a bunch of marketing. But if, if there are people like you or me who have audiences and you know have um, people that want to listen to them, like yeah, the question is, well, what do you need all that infrastructure for at this point? I, I don't think you need it. And so yeah, you know, and, and I do appreciate you know my my, my current publisher from for my uh, for fundamental data engineering. I think they're fantastic, and you know um, you know, but at the same time, I I just feel like. You know, if you have an audience, maybe you take a bet on yourself and then see where you can go. And, and, and yep. training, training is another aspect, too, that I've been thinking a lot about. Like, how do you make, um, you know, how, how do you help somebody level up in their in their career? Or maybe as a data engineer or whatever, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, field they're in. That's something I've been uh, thinking very heavily about. And, um, you know, and, and I guess the other side, too, just thinking about, OK, so uh, there's there's a lot of companies that want the attention of people like you and me, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, and like what is how does all this fit together really? Right. So, uh, mm -hmm. what I've been spending a lot of my time thinking about is just what's, what's the confluence of all these different events. Um, and, and um, just players in the market, whether it's people who want to learn or, or companies that want to throw a bunch of money at you for promotion. I, I, oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. I sent this, I sent this group DM like two or three days ago and like, Mo everyone in the group like essentially laughed at me but like i think it's gonna work out like so here here uh, here we out here we out so there's like four or five companies that are involved here right so you have uh um uh you have my company which is gonna be kind of like uh but we're gonna put my company to the side for a second we're gonna look at the other yeah. four so you have this company called taro taro does like a lot of like 
career coaching for software and data people to like grow their careers and to like kind of like learn about like how to interview better, how to like yeah. how to get promoted and how all those things kind of work. So that's Taro. So that's one piece of this puzzle. Another piece of the puzzle is uh, Lonely Octopus, which is Tino's company. And Lonely Octopus is all about like self-learning and self-study. And yeah. I think especially for data scientists and data engineers, that will be a very um, important piece of this. Oh, big time. And then you have, um, then you have Mage, right? Mage is great yep. for the, because their uh, ETL tools are like very easy, especially for like, uh, I think that like one of the trends here, I think that's actually going to happen is that data engineering is going to keep getting squeezed. Right? It's yeah. going to get squeezed from both sides, right? It's going to get squeezed from like the software engineering side where software engineers are going to take, take on more ETL and from the data science side and data analyst side where those people are just like, well, we can write the ETL, right? And I think mm -hmm. that like in a lot of cases, that's going to be a big thing that's going to happen. So that's why Mage is also in this group. Yeah. And then the last one is Sylph AI, which is going to be the uh, flexible work platform. Yep. So you have, and then, so you have, so essentially you have my company that is going to like take people up level them in data, right? Especially ETL. And yeah. like, I, I think I might actually target people who are more like analyst scientist people. And then, uh, <laughs> and then they can grow their career like through Paro and then they can keep learning through Lonely Octopus and then they can use Mage as like the kind of, to build the ETLs that they need, yeah. right? And you can kind of like have this like, so then you can have like this like almost like factory for data scientists that know ETL, right? And then, and like, and I and I I I added everyone to the group chat and everyone laughed at me and I was like, I don't know, man. Like I'm telling you, there's a vision here. There's a vision here. <laughs> well, I like what you're thinking though. You're thinking in terms of feedback loops, right? So Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your your systems guy. So I, I don't know. I don't see I don't see it as outlandish at all, actually. So thank you. Thank you. See, well, no, and what I'm saying is that like other people, I've I've, yeah. I've kind of roadshowed it on LinkedIn a little bit the last couple of days, mm. and people are like there is there's more there than than and and, and i i feel vindicated i just feel like i'm like yeah that's what that's what i thought that I, it's not that outlandish people like we can combine all of the forces here and it's like it's like where all the five power rangers come together and you get like yeah. a super mega thing right like yeah for sure <laughs> but that's how you gotta think right i mean i think you know you're you're entering entrepreneurship i think thinking about things the right way where it's like how do we grow the pie how do we uh how do we create you know harmonies amongst uh you know all of our friends i mean that's Mm -hmm. um, you know, Power Rangers or Avengers or whatever it is, right? It's sort of, yeah. you know, everyone, you know, I mean, because, I mean, we all have a very unique group of friends, I would say, where it's kind of, um, it is the Avengers model, really. Like, it's, and there's yeah. a lot of different talent out there and people just kind of, you know, doing their own thing in their own lane, but brought together, you know, you can accomplish a lot. And that's what's really cool about it, right? So, I mean, everyone's yeah. got their strengths and everyone's got their weaknesses too. And that's where the other people's strengths come in. So. Yeah, and I, I definitely, and one of the things that I found that I've been very bullish about, like these five companies, especially, is that like everyone, everyone in the company has an audience. They already mm -hmm. have their own audience and brand, and like these audiences actually don't overlap that much. They right. they overlap some, but they don't overlap that much. And so, like that is uh, <laughs> that's another thing where I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it's like even even if this is very outlandish, just the fact that we have so much reach, even mm -hmm. if the conversion is terrible, we still have thousands of customers. Even oh, if we yeah. only convert half Easy. a percent, we still have thousands of customers just because there's just so much, uh, such an audience here, right? So many people who are listening in. And like, and that's just going to keep growing too, because I know that um, everyone that I've been talking to is just like, they're very dedicated to like that idea of like, yeah, we're going to keep building and keep growing and keep yeah. getting this uh, kind of, uh growth going because it's like even it's like if you have a because it's like if you think about it it's like if you have a million followers like what's a million divided by eight billion that's like very very small right, right. Where it's like 0.001 percent or something like that it's like still very tiny right you still have like 
there's still so much more like influence and impact to be had, even if you have a million followers. Right. And so like, that's where like, there's definitely, uh, but, it, but it's not out of 8 billion though. Right. Cause you have to think about like data, data, technical software engineering workers. So then it's probably like 1 million out of like 30 million or 1 million out of like 50 million. Right. So it's probably Even closer still. to like 2%, right. Then like, 0.001% or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. But then you include education in the mix. So education is one of these broad things where, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that number, you know, the other thing I've been thinking about is just kids. How do we educate them? Like adults, I think there's a lot of opportunities for them. I have mm -hmm. kids. I, I think every day about how I'm going to, how I'm going to help them upscale in a very fast changing yeah. world. So I think it depends, you know, the, the denominator could be whatever it is, Oh yeah, but, but it is like, but the thing I like about education too, is it's not a zero sum game. Like, you know, I came from consulting, which is like, that's very much a zero sum game. Like you get a deal or I don't get a deal, but like both of us yeah. are getting the same deal. Whereas education and, uh, you know, uh, content is very uh, multiplicative, you know, mm -hmm. and a minimum additive. But, you know, I was at a stand up show the other day on Sunday night, um, you know, some of the top comics in the, in the world were all in Salt Lake for some reason. And uh, mm -hmm. did a show that I thought was really cool is all these people have, you know, millions of followers, you know, individually or, you know, but. Yeah. They're, all, they're all comedians, but they all hang out and do a show together. Like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, like, definitely. Definitely. It made the show better. So, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, man. I, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really exciting time. And I, I, I'm one, one of the things that I'm very excited by, which is like something that I noticed, I initially noticed it on Justin Welsh's content. And it's something that mm -hmm. I feel very strongly about, which is an it's an interesting concept, right? Where it's like, Okay, how do you like, so say, say I have a course and say the course is like 200 bucks or 300 bucks, right? And it's like, in America, that's, you know, that's still a substantial amount of money. But like, you know, in like other countries in India, that it would be the same as like, if we charge like $5,000 or something, you know, so it'd be that would be the yeah. equivalent to the, like the, the equivalent cost to them. And so like, because one of the things that I've noticed about content and courses and everything is like, the margin is the margin is so high. Right. The margin is so high that like, OK, like even if we do offer it at a 60 percent discount, we're still making money. It's not like we're losing money. Like, right. like it's still like it's just that like we're not making as much money per sale. And like so a lot of these uh, platforms, they actually offer courses that like purchasing power parity. So they like look at your IP address and they're like, OK, yeah, mm -hmm. you're in India. So we're going to give it to you at this price. Right. Obviously, it kind of opens you up to like if people want to use like VPNs. And, I was going like, to say <laughs> sketchy, like, sketchy shit, right? But like, uh, but like, I don't know. I, I, my opinion on it is that like, I think most people aren't going to do that, right? And mm -hmm. that like most people are going to just uh, like they'll just buy your because it's like if they're going to do that, they're probably just going to pirate, right? Like they might as well just pirate your stuff, right? It's because you just get it for free. Oh, my right? book's pirated. Uh, like, my book is pirated all the time. I don't oh, mind, yeah. right? Yeah. So if I figure yeah. it's like you know if you can't afford it, you can't afford it, and you're going to steal it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Exactly. And that's where I'm like, that's why I like the idea of offering it at purchasing power parity, because I think that it actually reduces piracy, right? Because then it's like, oh, these people in these other countries, they, uh, they can actually get it at a price that they can afford, as opposed to just getting it for zero. Right. Yeah. And I think that is like, uh, it's tricky. I think it's trickier for like hard copy books, because there's act like there's like the margin isn't as insane for hard copy books, but for definitely for like eBooks and for uh, courses and stuff like that, like the margins, like 98, 99%. Right. So like, oh, yeah. no, that's, well. what, that's what Nick mm -hmm. Singh was telling me. Right. Nick Singh uh, did the ACE mm -hmm. data science interview. And like, he, he said like, he only did physical copies for a while. Cause uh, the, the, you know, he didn't want to do a Kindle book. So it would get ripped off. But then what was weird about that is he started seeing fake copies of his book on Amazon. 
So just wow, of, like people yeah. still copied it anyways. They copied uh-huh. the fake, or they like copied the hard copy. They actually like yeah. went to a printer and scanned all the pages and like, oh man, dude. Well, I, did you know this that uh, the day that Fundamentals of Data Engineering came out, or around that time period, that mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the summary books that you can find on Amazon, like the summary of I don't know whatever book. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a summary book of our book that was released around the same time that our book came out, and I was like, yeah. "What the hell is this?" And yeah. I looked at it, and it was the most it was the weirdest thing. So the publisher had also published uh, other titles, but they were summaries of like Alex Jones's The Great Reset and all these like <laughs> crazy right wing books. And yeah, then yeah. our book, <laughs> and then I and I downloaded the uh, the, the Kindle um, uh, copy uh, just or the uh, sample just to look at it, and it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. It was like uh, you know talks about SQL is a language you can use to query databases. Like this is definitely not our book. This is lame. This is really lame. I yeah, thought a robot made it actually. I figured it was a, probably a bot or some AI yeah. agent that wrote it, but that was crazy, dude. Um, yeah. And the point being, it's like yeah, you, 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 if you have good content or a book or a book that I guess is you know any content that's going to do well, it will get pirated. And so the way I think about it is in terms of funnels, really like, you know, if, if in India, for example, or whatever country, Africa, um, Mm -hmm. people are pirating my book that, you know, they can't afford it, but that might lead to other opportunities. Maybe it's a speaking engagement. Maybe they buy a course at some point, maybe they buy your course. I don't know. You know, it's like, exactly. Exactly. Cause it it, it still connects you. Cause it's like, you're still like your brand is still there. It's just like, it's like a LinkedIn post at that point. Right. Where it's like, you're educating, you're just not getting compensated. Like, but you're, you're building social capital, right? Even well, if it, well, even if people steal your book, like you well, still, especially like if they steal your book and they get value out of a stolen book, they're like, wow, this guy's amazing. Like, that's cool. Like, like and so like, that's where uh, I definitely think, yeah, that the whole idea of like building social capital, something that's very, very important to me for sure. That's like, uh, that's been like one of my guiding lights of like the content I've been making for a long time is like, oh, yeah. it's more important to have a group of people that really, really adore you. Than it is to make a lot of money because like uh if you have that if you have that fan base and that group of pe- group of people then like like the money's gonna be there no matter what right and well, the, the money the money will be more durable even oh for right? sure yeah. well and, and like people like you me and ben are like you know we're building the data engineering category with our content and all, and all yep. of our own different ways but that you know yep. and it, exactly and the, and the cool thing is like we all help each other inadvertently too because it's like yeah the, the general category grows and yeah yeah you know, for sure. if it was just zach or joe and we hated each other and we you know we yeah. had our own it's like oh zach's such a he's such a piece of shit he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> yeah. um you know or if we had a beef with the like, seattle data guy or whatever or whoever was doing yeah. a data engineering content i mean actually, that would be good content i mean if there was like a beef maybe, going on and we like threw shade at each other like i mean that would be like i mean it would be spicy content but like yeah, at the same time it would not be good <laughs> it, would, it would be good short term right or, or as like a parody as a parody i think it'd be amazing like let's <laughs> fabricate something like kind of like uh, wwe or something uh, but uh <laughs> You know, but, oh, but the so thing good. is, it's like it, it grows. It grows the category, though, right? Data engineering yeah. is now like a popular thing. But I think back when we were all re- doing our own thing, talking mm-hmm. about it, we didn't know each other, right? Yeah. Like, we see each other in person. We're like, who's this guy? I have no idea who this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, but now we're all friends, and I think that's again, mm-hmm. it's super cool, right? So I mean, it, oh, it, yeah. and it pales in comparison to the number of data scientists, uh, data science content creators out there, which is just. Uh, you know, oh, everyone's it's insane creator. there's too many of them there's so many of them like it's insane like i'm always like wow like and like because i know on linkedin it's so funny because if you look at like hashtag data science hashtag data science has nine hundred thousand followers right and if you look at hashtag data engineering it has forty thousand. Right? <laughs> it's like nine hundred thousand versus forty thousand. so mm-hmm. bit of room to grow so yeah 
Well, cool, man. Um, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta get my kids yeah. actually. But yeah, great chat. Um, great chat, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'm stoked for your uh, stoked for your journey and your success, man. I'm like you're uh, one of my yeah. favorite people. So we're we're homies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> love you, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I love you too, bro. Yeah. Out, but, uh, this is great. We should do this again yeah. sometime. Let's do it again for sure. Awesome. All right. See you, buddy. All right. Take care.